Welcome to this episode of the Brand Story Breakroom. Uh, I'm your host, Steve Gilman, and my co-host is Lindsay Lachlan. Lindsay, welcome to our quick break. Thanks for having me, Steve. This is so much fun. I'm glad to do this again. Yeah, I had a blast doing it last time, and our audience seemed to really enjoy it, so I'm glad we're back. So we're going to take a few minutes here today, and like last time, Lindsay and I each picked a brand or an aspect of something a brand is doing to talk about. And I think today we both picked uh, soda companies, didn't we? We did. Too funny. I know. And so we never know what each person picked until we were just about to start. So, Lindsay, do you want to lead off and talk about yours a little bit, and then I'll jump in with mine? Sure. So this one takes me back uh, almost 12 years ago to my very first interview here at Gravity, and something to this day I remember you asking me, Steve, is if I had any favorite brands. Um, and my response then is the brand that I chose for today, which is Coca-Cola. Um, and what I just love about this brand uh, in particular, and that made me want to talk about it today, was, uh, is their marketing campaigns. So I love the feeling of nostalgia that their campaigns have and how you know they're not talking about the recipe and the ingredients or you know, what the taste is like, it's really about connection and building an emotional connection with people who drink Coke. So they've had a couple of campaigns over the years that have stood out to me, um, but there's one in particular that is kind of my favorite. So, you know, they've done everything from the famous Christmas campaign that featured Santa drinking a Coke um, to their I'd like to buy the world a Coke campaign. Yeah, that's um, iconic. It is. Uh, I feel like so many of theirs are, which yeah, really is are. something I love about them. Um, there was one that they did back in 2009 that I think first really started making me pay attention to their marketing more. Um, and it was the Open Happiness campaign. I don't know if you remember that yeah, one. Yeah, I do. That was a great campaign. It was so cool. Um, for those who maybe don't remember it, it was when they placed some special Coke like vending machines uh, in different places. Um, there's one that they had placed on a college campus, and it, of course, gave out you know so many cans, almost an endless supply of Coke. But it also dispensed things like flowers and pizza and just you know things that imagine being a college student, right, walking up to that and getting flowers out. Um, just so cool. So that one made me start to pay attention to them. But the one that is my favorite came out just a few years later. Um, it actually launched in 2011 in Australia um, and then just spread like wildfire from there. And it was the Share a Coke campaign. So this is the one where Coke put people's first names on cans and bottles. So they kind of removed their logo and replaced it with you know, Steve, Lindsay, uh, John, just the most popular names in each country. And it was just such a cool idea. I loved it. I remember going to the grocery store um, and looking for my name and my family's names and friends' names and just being excited because, I mean, how often do you get a product like that and it feels personalized to you? Yeah, not very um, often. And it was, it was so cool to be able to share those with, you know, friends um, and family and things like that. I had forgotten about that campaign. And that that certainly caused a big stir at that point and was very popular and did great for them. I think one of the things that is such a through line for them is how good they are at emotion and evoking those feelings of nostalgia and the feelings of connection with, with people. They really are. And what that actually ties into something I think is so cool. So the font that they used for the people's names 
on the cans and bottles. They weren't able to use the Coca-Cola font. That was what they wanted to do originally, but because of trademark issues and things like that, it was going to get too messy. So they designed a brand new font to use for that that was similar to the Coke, uh, the Coca-Cola font, but just a little different. They named that font you because that's what they want their focus to be. It's always on you, the customer, not them, the company. And I think that speaks volumes. That does. I mean, they're some of the best in the business at what they do. Mm And, you know, I mean, I think they're one of the best examples of they're not selling a beverage, they're selling connection, they're selling, you know, a feeling to consumers about, about, you know, living and being connected and helping each other and doing all these things. And, you know, it's soda, but it's not at all what they talk about. Right. No, I agree. I love it. And, you know, it kind of harkens back to the conversation that we had last time um, about Chewy and about Liquid Death. If you've not listened to that, I encourage you to go back and listen to it. But, you know, we talked about with Liquid Death how they know their audience so well. And then with Chewy, they built on that emotional connection. And it's what made them succeed where other, you know, similar companies had failed in the past. And Coke embodies both of those things really well. They know who their audience is, they speak to them, and they do it in a way that really connects with people emotionally. Yeah, they do. And it's such a great example. And uh, I, I love your connection to Coke and how you're excited about that brand and you remain excited and you know you'll have a diet coke on your desk or it's you know it's something from your childhood too that's the thing about these brands is that they're playing on the nostalgia of all the experiences that you've had with that with a coke and how that's been integrated throughout your life so why do you think that it resonates so much with you why do you think that that particular brand is so personal for you i think for me part of it is just you know, there was always kind of the Coke versus Pepsi. And when you go out to eat, you know, which one do you have? And everyone kind of staking a claim, you know, or which side are you on? Are you team Coke or team Pepsi? Um, And so I I think that was just kind of a a fun thing growing up is there were people that were very definitively on one side or the other. Um, I prefer Coke, I'll drink a Pepsi. Um, But just, I feel like there's so much equity with their brand. Um, and I feel like they work really hard to build and maintain those connections. And I think in today's world, and, you know, when you look at a company that big, it would be easy for them not to do that. Um, and to just come out with something that, you know, thinking of a lot of the, you know, beer advertisers and things like that, they try to be splashy or, you know, be funny or something like that. And if you were to tell me the premise for some of their spots, I would likely remember them, but I couldn't always tell you the company, you know, that or the brand behind them. Um, but with Coke, I feel like you can. And I just think they do such a good job at that. And I love how that's just ingrained in who they are. Yeah, I mean, their DNA is consistent um, with their brand all the way through. I mean, when you think about all the way back to, you know, I want to give the world a Coke through today, they don't just do trends and try to be shocking or try to be this or try to be that they know who they are and they stick to who they are emotionally and that's what i think connects them with so many people is that they're so consistent yeah you're absolutely right that's cool stuff um thank you for bringing that what a what a fun thing to talk about and then what i think is really entertaining today is that i chose uh coke's rival pepsi to talk about (laughs) It's the battle of the brands. It is the battle of the brands today. <laughs> it's the battle of the the soda brands today. Mm-hmm. And I didn't bring them up because I'm a giant Pepsi fan. Um, they just recently 
uh, unveiled a new visual identity. And I'm a brand nerd, so anytime somebody as big as Pepsi redoes their brand identity, uh, I get excited. You know, whether good, bad, or indifferent, I'm still excited to see why and what they did. And this is the first time they've updated their brand ID in over 14 years. And they're always trying to, you know, they are, some people might disagree with this, but I think they're always the challenger brand to Coke. So they're always trying to gain ground and they're very, very well established and they're a huge brand on their own. But their update to their visual identity, I think they went through this process to bring them more into today. You know, the last time they updated their, visual identity, they actually, I don't know if you can picture a Pepsi can in your mind's eye, our audience and, and you right now, is, you know, about, I think, 14 years ago or so, or actually before that, they, you know, separated the word Pepsi from their iconic circle with the, you know, the two bands of color separated by white. And what they've done now is kind of do a design that harkens back to their logo, their original logo from the 70s uh, up through the 90s, where Pepsi, the word, is actually inside the circle. And so it's a much more bold, um, much more modern, but at, at the same time retro look for them. And, you know, they get all kinds of reactions. You know, it'll start being on shelves this fall. Some people love it. Some people hate it. I think it's a very successful, you know, brand refresh. I think some of the things they did were increase, increasingly um, sharp, and brought the brand even more into focus because they used really bold black, really bold purple, and they've, I think it feels almost electric now. And one of the reasons they did that is because we now live in a digital age. They really want their logo to pop in social media, in digital channels, and lend itself more readily to animations, to different types of content, and to be able to use it as an item that can be used as entertainment, can be leveraged in different ways. And so I think that's really special and I think they've done a really good job. So have you seen it? I have seen it. I just saw it uh, earlier this morning. It showed up in my LinkedIn feed. So I was reading about it and, and took a look at it. Um, and I think it's really interesting. I've seen some others recently, like Pringles was one that had, you know, recently redone theirs and, and simplified it a little bit. And that one came with mixed reviews. What do you think is important for brands to keep in mind as they're considering these changes? Like what would make this type of kind of rebrand successful versus not? Yeah, I think it's, you know, there's a term that gets thrown around of de-branding, you know? And I think that's what Pringles did really successfully. Some people don't like it. Some people really respond to it. I think when someone's considering doing this type of brand identity refresh or rebranding effort, that it needs to be really deliberate to be able to simplify and get fresh attention for the brand. And it needs to be motivated by what you stand for and how you're going to function. Um, I love that. Yeah, so I think Pepsi's done that really well because to them, you know, what it symbolizes is that, you know, they are breaking rules and doing things different and part of the modern age, they're really, pushing their their no sugar uh, versions of their beverage, kind of moving away from the more sugary drinks. And so the entire contemporary move really reflects what they've done in their in their identity design. So that sort of debranding effort where you 
get rid of all the non-essential stuff that you thought you needed in the past and simplify your logo mark and simplify your brand ID around a central idea. But then it also helps people relate to it faster because we live in a much visually faster world now that I think that's some of the things they had in mind when they were doing this. That makes sense. As far as you said that they had moved you know, their name back into kind of the icon part of their yeah. logo and put it in that white part of, um, of the circle. Do you think that was because of digital and so many profile pictures and things like that being circles and now their name is included all the time and not cut off? Yeah, I think that's one of the primary reasons they did it. And, you know, the fresh attention that it would bring mm -hmm. is because a lot of times, you know, the bug of your logo or the, the simplest shape of your logo is going to get used the most by when it was separated out and they had the icon and then they always had to include the word Pepsi next to it. That gets much more cumbersome on digital platforms. I think also now, instead of, there was sort of the age of logos and brand ID being very complex, very ornate, having a lot of, you know, gesture and line and all sorts of different design, you know, design elements to kind of bring attention into the design. What they've done is, you know, the, the move towards debranding the Pringles and that they just did simplifies the amount of elements and makes it easier to understand what you're looking at in a much quicker way. So I think they've done that really well. So, when, you know, when our audience gets a chance to see, if you haven't seen it online or if you start to see it coming out on the shelves, take a moment and, and see what you think about, you know, brands like this simplifying their look and making it easier for you to see and making it bolder. I think it has a lot of fresh energy. I really like what they did with it. I think so too. And you know, it kind of makes me think of what we did with the Gravity logo yeah. a few years ago. <laughs> You're right. Um, because ours was a little bit too complex and we simplified it. And yeah, the look and energy that it has feels a lot more like us and represents us a lot better. So uh, I think that's kind of interesting. Yeah. I love I love what they did. And their CMO, CMO said that, you know, it's about progress and it's about being playful. You know, and it's it's a refreshing change, and they really intentionally went with the bold colors and the simple shapes and this overall sense of fun and dynamism. And I I think they really nailed it. You know, I'm a, I'm a fan of what they did, and that's so funny when I I was responding to the new Pepsi logo emotionally and really enjoying what you know all the people that worked on it did and really enjoying the work. I hadn't thought about what that we had gone through a similar exercise for our logo. Yeah. That's great. So yeah, this was a blast. Thank you so much for bringing your example of Coke. I had, a, I had a really good time talking about this today. Yeah, me too. And I'm curious if any of our listeners have, you know, brands that they're really passionate about or maybe a D brand that they've seen. Um, I feel like it'd be a great opportunity to maybe connect on LinkedIn and keep the conversation going. Yeah, let us know out there and tell us what you think, um, whether you see the Pepsi logo or whether you're enjoying a Coke right now. And, uh, you know, let us know about the brands that you have an emotional connection with and keep an eye out on the, on the trend of debranding because uh, you're going to see a lot more brands moving towards that and, you know, helping people recognize, you know, their brand easier and faster. Yeah, absolutely. Want to hear more inspiring stories? Subscribe on your preferred podcast app so you don't miss an episode. And if you like what we're doing, please rate, review, and share. It's the best way to support us. Thank you for listening to Brand Story.